So excited to have another coach with us in studio. We are running towards the final stretch, pun maybe or maybe not intended. I'm not quite sure. UNW Athletics, you are flying with DP and Ryan. David, how's the view for you this week? The view is awesome, Ryan. Our 10th episode. Can yeah, you believe it? We made it. They said we I guess this They far. said we wouldn't make it through the first one. <laughs> and now we're in double digits. Yeah. And we have another awesome guest here, one of the most experienced coaches in the University of Northwestern Athletic Department, Coach Steve Thiessen. We were just talking before the show, either 31 or 32, something like that, in the 30s. He started in 1991. He's still there. Coach Thiessen, the head cross-country and track coach at the University of Northwestern. Thanks for being here, Coach. Hey, thanks for having me over. It's fun we, to share some stories and uh, maybe a few laughs. We appreciate it. I mean, you've been coaching not just longer, but significantly longer than Ryan and I have been alive. So <laughs> is that combined by chance? Uh, no. Not combined. Not combined. I think. I think if we combined our ages, we would have you. Yeah. But you've been coaching for a long time, over thirty years in one place. What's that like? And and what has made you kind of stay at Northwestern for? Just this long, I mean, coaching in one place like this. Well, 30-plus years uh, sounds pretty pretty nice, right? Uh, although I have on occasion said it's my fourth a decade, right? That even sounds more impressive. I, I don't know. Yeah. I just – just kind of fun thing to say. But um, what's kept me here? Uh, just the mission. I love the mission of who we're about, what we're about, the university, the education, uh, what students are gaining as, as uh, students here. And I just get to do that through athletics. What's changed in cross country? I mean, since 1991, were people running barefoot back then? And now, now there's <laughs> spikes and cleats and, and innovation. I mean, what's different from 1991 to 2022 when it comes to cross country? Boy, really not a lot. Uh, men, we still race, you know, the 8K, five mile distance. Uh, the ladies have gone from a four, let's see, no, it was a 5K. Now we're at 6K, is what we race. Um, Really not not a huge change, but uh, that's just part of what it is. Uh, training's pretty much the same. You you learn a little bit more about the sciences that are going on, and and then you know the art of coaching is how to apply that with the group of people you have. So, coach, you know here at Northwestern, there's a lot of people who are in charge of one sport, and that's enough work as it is one squad that's around the clock. But you could say that you're in charge of four teams. You could say six teams if you split up Correct. indoor and outdoor track in the spring. How do you juggle all of that? I mean, not just fall, but spring as well. Is that and the and the winter? It, I mean, yeah, it's it's, indoor it's, track. it's all year round. How do you juggle all that? I don't think I do. I just drop <laughs> a few things and and you know I just juggle two at a time. Put it that way. The other ones I just put off to the side because. Uh, yeah, at times it, it's a lot. Uh, like right now in the in the cross season, I, I just tell my track athletes that you're a little bit on your own. Sure. Uh, I'm focused on this group of athletes and trying to build relationships with them, train them, equip them to compete at a high level. So uh, the track people aren't going to get my attention. And then uh, if track be, or cross come out for track, they'll get my attention. But those that don't, right, then they're kind of on their own and I still meet with them, but um, yeah, in season gets my attention. That's pretty much the way I do it. Well, that's awesome, Coach, and, and juggling all those sports is impressive. Your sport also is different in the sense that it's a team sport, there's a team score, but there's a major individual aspect to it. The athletes are out there running by themselves. It's not like you know football or basketball or baseball where you're out there kind of right next to your teammates doing it together. 
How do you incorporate, you know, the team unity, the team bonding, and and really just that team aspect in a sport that is very individual when you're kind of out in the woods, you know, running around by yourself? What's kind of the strategy there? Uh, was that a pun out in the woods? Uh, yes, uh, literally. I I, I, you know. I I wasn't gonna comment on it, but I was very proud of it. So <laughs> I thank, thought you you hit it right. You hit thank it right you there. for thank you for bringing that. Uh, up. Uh, you know, cross country, we're we're all over. Uh, we you know we leave from campus, we're in the metro, uh, urban area, suburban area, right? So some road running, but there's a lot of parks around here, and we you know take advantage of those. Um, track. Track season is is totally different as well with both the indoor and outdoor kind of makeup and and shift of that. Um, again, your specifics to your question. Uh, yeah, just you know the the athletes are out there competing, you know, individually by themselves. Yeah. You know, how do you at practice and at meets really cultivate that team culture, that team aspect when it is a sport that is you know at times individually based. Uh, very much so. Uh, cross is a whole lot easier because we're all doing the same thing. Yeah. Right? We meet together and we train together. We pretty much do it all. Track, yeah, definitely a different scenario there because my throwers are at one venue. You know, sprint people jump or yep. at the track. You got distance people who are they don't want to be on the track for you know five, eight, ten mile run. They're going to be out on the road. So we are uh, all over the place. Uh, and to bring that together, it's you know those team uh, team meetings. Uh, try to build relationships through that. Uh, we got to, you know, do the nuts and bolts about, you know, being a team. But, uh, you know, a lot of it's the stuff that happens outside of that. So meet day, uh, I always feel like meet day is the best day of the week uh, to get to play. There's a lot more interaction with the athletes because we are now together, our team camp. And, again, events going on all over the place. So you just try and check in with one another. Uh, be intentional about that, whether it's hanging out at the team campsite, right? Part of the day feels like we're camping. Uh, we're, we're just missing the bonfire when we're there. <laughs> Have you ever thought about throwing a bonfire up at, at a cross-country meet, or that's against the rules? Not a bonfire, but I have thought about bringing a grill. <laughs> there you right? go. And uh, firing up some burgers and brats, right? Which I'm sure that would make them run a lot faster and better if they had about three brats and they're starting to right before the meet, so... That's well, awesome. you know, the guys that run at the beginning of the day and the end of the day, they're the ones that don't like, you know, their sort of setup because they want to eat. Yeah. But they're, they're like, oh, I got I have something going on. And um, so they don't eat. They make snack on something. And the other ones, like they competed early and they're done for the rest of the day. And boy, they dive into the sandwiches and, yeah. you know, don't leave a whole lot left behind for the <laughs> other guys. Are you a master at setting that tent up now because you've been doing it for over 30 years? Is that thing up in like... Five, ten seconds? I'm more of the, uh, here's what you need to do. Yeah, delegate. And, and get it go. done. And then I have to kind of go back and uh, redo things because uh, maybe it's not as secure <laughs> yep. as uh, I would like it to be. I'm the one that's invested the money in it, right, with the For program. Sure. So if it blows up in the wind, that's not very fun. No, um, not at all. We were at a meet in uh, Gustavus. This goes back about oh, 15 years ago. My son was with us. He's probably five, six years old. And we didn't have the, take, the, the tent, the 10 by 20 tent. We didn't have it staked down. And a gust of wind comes up, oh. right? Oh, no. And he grabs onto the, the rail <laughs> and literally pulls him off the ground. <laughs> hey, my son's and, flying out. And, yeah, and he lets go. The tent goes flying over the 
brick wall that was about four feet high. The whole back row of uh, legs on the tent busted up, and you know, so we had to replace all that. But you know, and, but you got so, you didn't have to replace your son. The son I did you not replace back. my son. Okay. No, yeah, glad to hear that. He survived the kite flight. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and now it's a great story uh, to tell. Well, that's that's <laughs> a big part of sport and relationships, right? Yeah, it's yeah the things that when things go the way they're supposed to, you know, we we don't spend a lot of time remembering or rehashing yeah. those. It's when the, the odd things happen. Absolutely. Right? Uh, yesterday at practice, we were down at Como Park, and uh, one of the guys finds a pair of glasses. Just where I don't remember where he finds them, but he finds a pair of glasses. He takes them, and at the end of the practice, we're you know kind of stretching and just having some fun together, and he puts them on, and somebody goes, oh, those look great on you. They're like, those are yours. So we take a couple of pictures, and then <laughs> he hands them off to somebody else, and, oh, those look great on you, and... Pretty soon we got like half a dozen pictures of the team all wearing the same glasses, you know, throughout the day. Those yeah. are the moments go. we're going to remember than the workout itself. I mean, that'll be, you know, gone, the memory of that. But the fun we had together, that's what people will remember. That's awesome. That's powerful. So you talk about building that team culture, Coach, and what you can do outside of the actual competition. But now I want to go to inside the competition, and I have to give – Colin, one of the seniors on your club, Colin McDonald, a shout out because he was describing to me during the race the subtle hand signals and things that your guys will do in a way to say like, hey, I need you here next to me. You need to come forward type of a thing. Check your breathing. I'm not going to lay out all of them. But what is that like going into a meet as far as your role in that? Is that players themselves saying, hey, you know what? We're going to take this onus on ourselves to be connected when it is go time during the heat of competition, or are you saying beforehand, like, hey, guys, just so you know, you can do these types of things to stay connected as one unit during a race? Yeah, we, we have to, you know, pre-meet, talk about different things and maybe a strategy or how we want to, you know, do something going into this meet. It's a hilly course, and we've kind of practiced, like, attacking the, the, the peak of the hill and, and taking that momentum over over the top. Um, so that, that's something we we're working with. Uh, we can race with watches to kind of gauge our pacing, but sometimes we get too connected to the watch and forget to race and compete. So this weekend we're like no watches. You, you yeah. can't race with the watch. Um, you know, I had a guy a few years ago was very calculated out in terms of what he needed to run. Here's the time I'm shooting for. And so the first mile needs to be this and that if he missed it. Um, you know, just for numbers sake, let's say he wanted to run a 30 flat for a five miles, six minute miles. So he wanted that first mile to be 550, 545. Well, if he went out and went 520, 530, well, then he would adjust. Sure. And he would slow down so that the second mile would then get him to his 12 minute pace. So he would literally run the second mile too slow in order to be at his 12 mile mark or 12 minute mark, right? Sure. Um, so once I kind of figured out what, what he was doing, I said, you can't race with a watch this week. I just want you to race. Run. Yeah. So what's he do? He drops a full minute. <laughs> wow. A full minute. Yep. Well, we're pretty excited about that. So let's do that strategy again the next week. And the next race, he drops another minute. So in two wow. races without his watch, he dropped a full two minutes, which is pretty crazy. Astronomical. Right? Yeah. Now he's playing at, um, you know, at the level that is more in line with who he is. And, and that's the key with each athlete is figuring out what changes to make for them individually. Uh, again, I had two guys. One was a sprint, you know, the 800, 400-mile guy running five-mile races. 
and his teammate was a distance guy who could run 10Ks, right? Or he, before coming here, he had already run marathons. So they both were, they were two different styles of athletes, but they would pretty much run together. On speed practices, the one guy, Jackson, would, you know, they weren't his favorite. He'd just let me, turn me on and let me go, energizer buddy kind of guy, right, and just let me go. And Will loved the speed stuff. So uh, in races, they would run pretty much together in the last mile. Will would take off. He'd just break away and finish the race. Uh, and then working with Jackson, we just said, we, we really think that you're stronger in this and you can actually run faster during the whole race versus the right at the end. He's going to do that. He's going to break away at, his, at the last mile. So uh, he kind of bought into that and shifted his, his focus and how he raced. And now he wasn't always being beaten by the other guy because he started racing differently. And that's the fun thing. When they start seeing those little successes yeah. uh, for each individual and kind of reaching, you know, again, their own potential and ability, that's fun. That's, that's just a lot of fun. Yeah, that's fascinating to hear kind of the X's and O's of the cross-country meets and the strategy that goes into it. Let's talk a little bit about this 2022 squad. Ryan and I have talked on the show a handful of times the makeup of your teams is a little bit different. The men's team has a lot of guys who have been on the team in past years, a lot of returners. The women's team seem to be a lot more kind of new, fresh faces. What's kind of been the, the differences in the two teams as you coach a team full of returners versus coaching a team full of newcomers? And then how have the seasons started both uh, for both squads so far here in 2022? Yeah, you know, one of the things that's unique for me is I'm coaching both male and female athletes at the same time where yep. the majority of our sports it's one gender right yep. uh our soccer coach doesn't coach both teams right he coaches yep. one so there's a uniqueness of that both for uh all three sports indoor outdoor track and cross country um sometimes we break off into gender groups for team meetings and things just to kind of address things a little bit differently or what's unique to that group of players uh, as you asked, the guy squad, more of a uh, returning guys were still rather young, um, uh, but there's some experience there. And I always feel like the first year is a year of learning and growing. Hopefully it's growing uh, because you're racing new courses. You've not, you know, having, the, having been on a course, you just have an idea of what you're, what you're doing. Um, and so now we're going to courses that athletes have run before. It gives them a little bit of an edge. Uh, you know, an upside, um, and we can carry that in. On the women's side here now, because it's all a really a, a, a new squad, uh, a full turnover in terms of roster. So we're young, um, and everybody's sort of still learning that. Uh, the thing that's sort of missing there is that veteran player to step up and go, here's what we did here at this course. Here's what I've experienced in the past. So you lo- we, we're kind of missing that leadership voice of our veteran players. Uh, which is, you know, disappointing, but you, you, you move on, right? You can't, uh, you can't do what's not there. You work with what you have. And um, so that group is, is learning together, and it's fun to see who steps up, right, in different ways. For sure. Personality traits, leadership traits, um, and their own experiences they bring to that. So both unique uh, in that, but yet we still function as one team, uh, which is unique, again, in, in, for the sport itself. It's, it's unique to the sport. Yeah. David and I, Coach, have chatted multiple times in past episodes about how unique the cross-country schedule is because 
you can have a couple invites meet so close together and then they become spread out. And then you look and you say, we want to be peaking at the end of October. We want to be running our best times in that last week of October. And that can feel like a long ways away. But you know that in the back of your mind, I'm sure, when you're you know in training in August, getting ready for the season, and then early September. How much of a factor is that for you as a coach for both the men and the women when you're figuring out, okay, we want to be at our best at this point, and that can be difficult, like you said, with so many newcomers, but we were talking before you even hopped on the podcast about how you're going to be at the same site three times this year, and that site in St. Bonifacius is going to be for the championship. So all that combined together, how do you keep that in the back of your mind as the season wears on, wanting to say, hey, we want to be at our best in late October? Yeah, great question. There's so many variables in there, right? At the beginning of the season, uh, early, late August, early September, the weather's typically warmer. Yep. As we progress through the fall, cooler temps. You know, we're, we're in the 50s now, uh, which for runners, that's pretty good weather. Yeah. Uh, 60s is nice. We have, you know, varying degrees of that. So when you, you know, we, we were out at um, early September, we were on this course in, at Crown and it was, um, yeah, it was hot, a little bit muggy, very sunny. So, and first time on the course. So you're learning from that. So the expectations are, for me anyway, as a coach, are not real high in terms of, hey, we have to hit a time. Yeah. It's really, let's learn from this. What do we like? What what didn't go so well? How did we run the first half versus the second half? Um, and those, those type of things. So you're laying a foundation. Uh, we'll be out there in, what, uh, two, another two weeks, so we'll get a second preview of the course. We'll run the full distance this time, so 6K for the ladies, 8K for the guys. Um, and, again, gain some experience from there. The weather will be a little bit different. We're in better shape because uh, we've got, you know, what, six weeks, eight weeks of running on, on yeah. our legs where summer miles tend to be slow, build up that mileage, you know, you're anywhere from 30, some up to 60 miles a week type of a thing. We're not doing a ton of speed work. Now we're adding that speed element to get faster, and that's what you want to see as the season goes on. And so, again, the weather, the course, course conditions, all of those play out for us in terms of trying to hit that, what we would strive for is that peak performance. Um, Again, unique to the sport because, uh, you know, basketball, you coach that, right? I, I, <laughs> right? You're involved as, there. As far as I so, know. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's wins and losses, right? And yeah. one guy, you know, you may have a guy who's your leading scorer, but that night, he may, one night, he might not be the leading scorer. He might have an yeah. off night and somebody else has to pick you up and, and carry the load and, and different athletes in different ways. And, you know, with cross, there, there's no substitutes. I always say there's the only timeout is the one you take in your head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's you decide that this is tough. The negative thoughts you have, I have to overcome those negative thoughts. I always say we have to have a – they're going to come. What's the positive thought you're going to reinforce when that negative comes, right? Yeah. Why am I doing this? Pretty common negative thought, right, because difficulty has come. Now how are we going to counter that? Otherwise we're just going to keep feeding into that and, and let that win out. For, net, for us as distance runners, we're going to slow down in that moment. Well, you're not going to hit peak performance when you're slowing down, right? Um, again, I relate it to other sports, right? Basketball, again, kind of just go back there. You know, a guy 
throws the ball away, turnover, a couple of missed shots, misses his defensive positioning, right? Coach pulls him out of the game, right? He's on the bench. He's sitting next to me. I got a sub that's coming in, and, well, in cross, there's no sub for you. Yeah. You have to figure it out. The longer you stay in that mental timeout, the poorer your overall time is going to be in performance in that day. And so learning, that's part of the the skill and strategy, I guess, of of learning how to race, compete um, at at a high level for that individual because everybody's a little different, right? Yeah. For sure. Our inside man, Colin McDonald, uh, he also told us that you ran the 400-meter hurdles back in the day when you were an athlete. <laughs> so he was giving us all the uh, – Give you a preview, huh? He was. He was giving us all the good stuff uh, and kind of about your background. How did your experience as a college athlete, maybe specifically running those 400-meter hurdles, how did that kind of shape your coaching philosophy now that you've done this for 30 years? Well, let's go back. That's a way back. So um, I was football in high school, played football and track, uh, got into the hurdles thing and, and was a hurdler. Uh, really enjoyed that. I'll, I'll boast a little bit. I set some school records. Uh, I had yeah. some speed, <laughs> freshman records, sophomore records, uh, varsity records. We love boasting on uh, the show. <laughs> if, if, Ryan, if Ryan and I had anything to boast about, we'd be boasting all the time. Well, so that's my moment. I'll, I'll, take, that, I'll take that little moment. Um, I don't know. I Again, tracks, the, there's, there's so much. There's a, It's a relational aspect because you're training with a group of guys and you're not it's not head to head. It's not defense against offense. It's my offense and your offense. Yeah. And you're helping me and I'm helping you getting in the blocks or getting out of the blocks or getting over the hurdles. There's a lot of, uh, that's been my experience at the high school level. And, uh, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of coaches. We had you know, a sprint coach and we had a distance coach. And so the hurdlers throwers were pretty much on their own. We, we learned through one another. Um, what shaped my – I don't know if sports, how much has really shaped my philosophy as working at a youth camp and the leadership of the people around me that have influenced my life. The youth pastors, pastors, those relationships have influenced my just relationship with Christ and then how I relate to people around that. Um, learning about myself and being comfortable with who I am right? And, and then who I am in Christ and my identity being there, not in my performance in sports or in grades or whatever it is, the car I drive, the home I have. It's not about those elements. And to be able to incorporate that into what's really at the heart of what we do. And, and that's why I like our mission here at Northwestern, you know, Colossians 3.17. In whatever you do, we just happen to do it in sports. So whatever you do in sports, let's, you know, Let's do it to honor and praise God. Well, how do we do that then? Let's talk about that, right, as a team and individually. So it might be a conversation in my office or it might be in a conversation at a practice or before meet, after meet. Who knows when, you know, when that's going to come up. could be in the ride to or from a, an event, right? It's, again, it's about those relationships. So um, I've also learned from other coaches. Um, I, my athletes hear this frequently. I'm a, I'm a Major League Baseball fan. I'm a Cubs fan. I follow the okay. Cubs. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I have my, you know, second-tier teams that I follow as well. The Twins would there be one go. of those. The you know, <laughs> uh, they're also in the American League, Not, not so I can, you know, support those guys. And, Maybe World Series one day. Uh, Cubs, Twins. Cubs, Twins. Uh, uh, we'll see. Change. We'll Lots see. Lots got to change. A lot of stars <laughs> have to align there, maybe. Um, 
But you know, read you, you read the the stories, the post uh, post game stuff from the coach, and he highlights something. But sometimes he's talking about an, an injury that they're dealing with on the team. So you know, star players out, and they're trying to navigate through that. And I honestly, I I learn from the the things that they're talking about because I think it relates to us. We're just at a different level. Yeah. We're not making the money they're making, but we're right. You're still working with people, and you know, to tell an athlete that again, their identity isn't in their performance. We want to perform well. We want to compete well. We want to, you know, the opportunity to go to nationals in track or cross country. Well, let's strive for that. Yeah. Right? But somebody may not be that level of athlete, but they can still perform at their best. And what are their strengths and talents might not just be what happens at the track or at the race. You know, might, they might be your, your biggest cheerleader on the team, mm-hmm. right? They might be the best leader on your team. Yeah. There's so many traits that people can share and develop and bring to a team. And I love that about sport. Um, and I love that about, you know, both the sports that I coach with cross country and track because it's not just dependent upon the star athlete yeah. we do have people that do advance to those those upper levels all american record holders uh and those sort of things but uh at, at the end of the day it's going to come back to those relationships and that growth and their own faith in christ and trusting in his faithfulness in christ and god's faithfulness right in his justice in his mercy in his love for us and what, who does he say who i am not what the world says right world wants to say well how was your performance yeah your identity wrapped in that when it's i I have to be wrapped in what who god says i am because the world's going to be eat me up chew me up spit me out and leave me on the side of the road right yeah so i love that we that's part of northwestern athletics is incorporating our faith our relationship with god through christ into what we do every day that's why i'm here too that's that's the bottom line amen that's really really good Last one for me, Coach, and I know there's so many things that could pop in your head when I ask this. So over 30 years being here, you've experienced a lot. You've had a lot of cool moments, I'm sure. Could you share one with our audience today for this one really sticks out? If it was recent or something that was, you know, a decade and a half ago, whatever it may be, is there one at the top that you could share? There are uh, a lot that come into mind. Uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to uh, Zach Marshall. Um, Zach ran for us. He was from Ohio. Uh, he played, um, three years of cross country, four years of track. Uh, we were at a track meet. It was conference meet. Zach was a distance guy for us. And the way the format of the meet, it was a one day meet at the time. And it opens the, the first meet of the day is the four by eight. So he's part of that four by eight relay. Uh, the next event. So the, the, and it alternates men and women. And then the next event was the 3,000 steeplechase, and Zach was in the 3,000. So he just run, had a short recovery and ran the 3,000 steeple. Um, and then he's pretty much off the rest of the day, right? So the second-to-last event is the 5,000, and Zach's in the 5,000. Runs a great race, phenomenal race. Man, we were cheering him on, and right there were – he needs to be in a certain spot, points there available. Well, while this is going on, this is track, right? Uh, the four by four is where you start dropping people, right? There's either you love the event or you don't want, like, you you know, coach starts asking, the joke is coach is asking for a 400 runner and everybody hides. (laughs) 
you know, under could, a desk, be a long, in the tent. It's a long sprint. It's a long <laughs> sprint and just mentally, right? And so that's kind of the running joke around that. So anyway, we've lost a couple of guys, maybe injury uh, here or there, or something's just kind of put them where they're not able. And so we've kind of working our way down the list. We're not at our top four but at this point, and we've kind of circled our way down, and Zach's, Zach's sort of the next guy. So he just finishes his 5K. We're celebrating, right? So he's already raced, what, three, four, five and a half miles for the day. And we're celebrating, and I, I have to, you know, Zach, can you give me a 400? I need you in a four by four. And he gives me that stare like, you know, lightning bolts, and you're an idiot. Uh, <laughs> that's how I interpret it anyway. And about, uh, you know, 15 seconds later, he, you know, kind of like shakes his head, let's go, I'm in, right? So here's what happens. We run the four by four. Zach runs his personal best split in the 400 that day <laughs> after already racing wow. what he had. Uh, you know, his stepping up to do that, the effort he gave, uh, that's just one of those moments in sport that, you know, sticks out in my mind. It was more about the effort and the result of that, the adjustment that he had to make in his own mind to, you know, again, you're, what are you asking me to do that? You know, yeah. um, so when people rise to the occasion, we love that, whether it's in sports or life, whatever it is. So now every other kid you've coached probably doesn't like Zach because now <laughs> that, when, when they say, I don't want to run the 400, you just go right, hey, Zach did it yeah, after that, all this. Now they're like, darn it, yeah, Zach. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Zach set the standard, that's for sure. <laughs> that's know? awesome. Well, that's an awesome story and just an incredible conversation, Coach Tyson. We really appreciate having you here. You, I feel like I want to go out and go for a run right now, which is really, which is saying something, <laughs> which, which just goes to show how awesome this conversation. What are we was, running so. to the vending machine? Uh, yeah, or, like you know, yeah, something like that. That might even be a little too far. We might have to walk there. So coach Tyson, thanks a lot for your time. We really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, Thanks for having me on. It's been fun. Yeah. Thanks guys. Thank you.